food in the Northwest, guaranteed fresh. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda, a dynamic duo who share the joy of the Catholic faith through catechesis and conversation on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Tuesday morning to you. February 7th, 7 a.m. It's David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us. And Brenda? Yes. You're going to have to put on your thinking cap oh, this oh, morning. Already this already morning. Already this morning. <laughs> it's going to be that kind of a day, huh? I'm not messing around today. We're going right to it. Okay. Right, right to the quiz. Now, I know that you are a very big lover of science. You oh, love science. I listen to science yes. discussions every day in my house. Judging by <laughs> the refrigerator here and looking in it and seeing some of the things you leave in there and the I, science well, projects. Okay. Yes. It, it, they say that those sprouted <laughs> sprouts are healthy. Are those healthy for you? So today is the National Periodic Table Day. Oh, oh goodness. National Periodic <laughs> Table Day. Does does chemistry fall under science? It does fall under okay. science. Yes, I believe it does. <laughs> so question number one for you Okay. on National Periodic Table Day. This is the easy question. How, mer- how many elements are on the periodic table? Oh, you got to be kidding Come me. Come on now. You know that. I Okay, so counting from the top, uh, I will say there are, I can't tell you, I, I'm going to go with 74. 74 elements. <laughs> it is more than that. Is it? Yes. How many? I'll give you one more guess. Okay. I'll give you two guesses. Two more guesses. Two more guesses. I'll give you three so guesses. So more than 74. Yeah. Uh, I will go 102. Close. Higher. 105. No. 118. 118. Yes, 118 elements now on the periodic table. This actually may be the easiest question for you. What is the first element on the periodic table? Oh, gee. Hydrogen. Yes. Thank you. Uh, That that one H that I the H uh, hydrogen O is an oxygen, and that's all you're getting out of me. Okay, there you go. Very good. (laughs) Final question for you: What is the last element on the periodic Uh, table? uh, uh, If you get this, (laughs) I will be thoroughly, thoroughly impressed. Okay, uh, um, unobtainium. Well, you know what? <laughs> That's not correct, but if you if you if it started with an O, you you are you are close there. Okay. So, the last element on the periodic table if I'm pronouncing this correctly, Oganesson. 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 Is that like the the sacred ingredient to the um, the seeds of life? I, I believe it is. Actually, <laughs> it is a synthetic chemical element named after Yuri Oganesian, who played a leading role in its discovery. Okay. There you have it. Uh, Thank I you, guess, Yuri. So let me ask you a question. Yes. What does it take in order to get yourself on the periodic table? If you were a mineral or element, what do you need to be in order to be on yes. that chart? You to need, be one of the 118 yes. chosen. You need to be discovered. 
I thought that the everything on the periodic table was something naturally occurring. I, but apparently I think these it's were not. add-ons. I think these were add-ons to the original periodic yeah. table. And well, so I mean, were, if you can get be synthetic. Yeah. So a, a lot of this has to come with like nuclear things, nuclear okay. fusion, fission, whatever the case may be. I may be totally wrong about that, but that's what I'm saying. So there you have it. Well, the National Periodic Table Day. Okay, no unobtainium, huh? <laughs> no, no unobtainium. Uh, I believe that is uh, from the movie Avatar. I think they were searching for unobtainium. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, how about that? Hard to find, let me just tell you. <laughs> yes, it, yes, it is, given that's a, a cartoon, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, well, so celebrate uh, National okay. Periodic Table Day with your kids today and ask them how many elements how are many on How many elements? I, I already can tell you that uh, probably half of my household will get that one right, I yeah. bet. All right. So yeah, they're kind of weird that go. way. Well, that's the show. Thanks okay. for joining hey, us thanks today. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> science, it's been a great day. <laughs> science Tuesday. Actually, it is Tech Tuesday. It is a Tech Tuesday. So how about that? Well, there you all go. Right. Right. Let's so, get the show started because, right. boy, Sarah Kenzie is coming That's in right. our second hour. Hey, David, if you go to confession during Lent this year, your absolution will be the same, but the words of the prayer are going to sound a little different. All right. Well. Got a translation difference coming up. So stay with us. We're going to talk about that in news. We're going to start the show now with Sarah Hart and Way to Me. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Lying in bed and it's raining. I can't seem to open my eyes. I need the world has been draining. All the joy right on out of my life.
That is Sarah Hart and Way to Me. It's 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's David and Brenda with you on this Tuesday, National Periodic Table Day. Excellent. Yes. 118 of them. <laughs> 118 of those things on there. So now you know that. Go impress your friends today when you uh, go out into the working world. Let them know. Uh, you know what, Dina Marie, Father Kubicki going to join us up next. They're going to talk about another great saint. It's right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Good morning. Please join me, Father Martin King, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic School and Parish, in this morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, enlighten my mind with truth, inflame my heart with love, inspire my will with courage, enrich my life with service, pardon what I have been, sanctify what I am. Order what I shall be, and thine shall be the glory, and mine eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. Find the peace you need by joining Mater Dei Radio and the Benedictine monks of Mount Angel Abbey on the Hail Mary Media app. Throughout the day, you can break away from the stress and worry of your world and journey to the Abbey Church on the hilltop for a live stream of the Liturgy of the Hours. In addition to these peaceful times with the monks, the Hail Mary Media app also features Mater Dei Radio's live broadcast, podcast of all our original programming, including shows available exclusively on the app, an interactive community calendar of Catholic events, your own customizable schedule of personal prayer reminders, and much more. Download some peace into your life today. Look for Hail Mary Media in the App Store, Google Play, or click materdayradio.com for all the details. Find your peace with the Benedictine monks of Mount Angel Abbey on the Hail Mary Media app from Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is 712 here at Mater Dei Radio. Well, this morning, consider it the calm before the storm. By this afternoon, we got some strong winds picking up. Rain's going to fall. Then the mountains, a winter weather advisory goes into effect a little later this morning across the Cascade Mountains and into Oregon as well. Now, highs in the valleys to near 50 degrees today, though. That's yeah. what's incredible. It's kind of a warm front coming up ahead mm-hmm. of this storm. And then overnight, we're cooling down to the upper 30s. By tomorrow, we're going to dry out for a couple of days. Might even get to see the sun break through. I look forward to that. It's currently 48 degrees at St. Philip Neary Church in Portland. And it is also 48 degrees at the Proto-Cathedral of St. James the Greater in Vancouver. This is Dina Marie, host of The Voice of the Shepherd and Faith Moments with a morning blend Saint moment on Matre Radio.
Throughout the year, the Catholic Church recognizes the lives of the saints, men and women who follow Jesus Christ, totally relying upon God and his grace for their path to heaven. But some saints died as martyrs, those who were persecuted and killed because of their profession of Jesus Christ. What lessons can we glean from these men and women of God? With me today is Jesuit priest, Father James Kubicki, to help us learn from the example of the lives of the saints. Welcome back, Father James, as we enter into February. Great to have you back with us today. Thank you, Dina Marie. Always good to be with you and our listeners. Well, this is a little shorter month, but there are always saints and beautiful feast days to recognize. We begin the month with an interesting feast that recognizes not only one, but many martyrs. In fact, we hear about companions. And every once in a while, we've heard about these companions who are some of them missionaries. Uh, St. Paul Miki and his companions take us back to his day um, and a little bit about his life experience. Okay, well, we go back to the 16th century. You know, one of the first Jesuits, he was a close friend of St. Ignatius Loyola, the founder of the Jesuits. Uh, St. Francis Xavier is known as one of the greatest missionaries of all time. He's uh, baptized tens of thousands of people in India, and he planted the seed of the faith in Japan. And that seed began to bear fruit within decades of his arrival in Japan. So St. Francis Xavier came to Japan around the year 1549 and met with some of the leaders there and baptized people and left behind a couple other Jesuit priests who in turn baptized people. And so within a few decades, there were thousands of Christians. And unfortunately, some of the local people, local leaders, some of the Buddhist priests uh, felt threatened by all these new Christians, and in time, a persecution began. And so on this day, uh, February 5th, in the year 1597, Paul Miki, who was a Jesuit seminarian, also known as a scholastic, and another Jesuit seminarian and a Jesuit brother, so three Jesuits, plus six Franciscan missionaries who came from other parts of the world, and then 17 Japanese lay Catholics, all of them were marched uh, to, on this day, they were marched to a hill outside Nagasaki, where they were tied to crosses, and then uh, a spear was thrust into them, and they, they died. They gave witness to the faith. I think what's beautiful is that their witness is one of people who were men and women, priests, religious, lay people, they show that the church as a whole is called to holiness, whether you're called to a vocation to be a missionary in another country, to be a part of a religious order, or if you're called as a lay person to serve Christ, all of us are called to holiness. And in the case of these Jesuit, of these martyrs, St. Paul Miki and his companions, they gave the ultimate witness to the faith. Talking with Father James Kubicki about the feast day of St. Paul Miki and his companions. And it's interesting that Paul Miki is a seminarian. He's still studying for the priesthood. He's surrounded by other missionaries. And think about that witness um, that 
that he would be willing to continue to move forward in the midst of this persecution? And wouldn't they have known, Father James, that we're going into hostile territory? We're going into a territory where there's a potential of violence or um, persecution because of what we're doing. Um, but their spirit, I think, is something we should observe and, and follow. That's right. And, you know, at first the emperor had declared that any uh, of the religious leaders, any foreign missionaries had to leave Japan. And then uh, he started persecuting local leaders, uh, members of religious orders like Paul Meeke. And then it expanded to persecuting lay Christians. Uh, one of the things, Dina Marie, that I think is, is so beautiful is uh, the speech that St. Paul Meeke gave uh, while he was tied to that cross just before he was uh, speared to death. And let me read to you uh, a little bit. This uh, appears in the breviary, the divine office, the church's prayer. It goes like this. This was an eyewitness account who wrote, our brother Paul Miki saw himself standing now in the noblest pulpit he had ever filled. To his congregation, he began by proclaiming himself a Japanese and a Jesuit. He was dying for the gospel he preached. He gave thanks to God for this wonderful blessing, and he ended his sermon with these words. As I come to this supreme moment of my life, I am sure none of you would suppose I want to deceive you. And so I tell you plainly, there is no way to be saved except the Christian way. My religion teaches me to pardon my enemies and all who have offended me. I do gladly pardon the emperor and all who have sought my death. I beg them to seek baptism and to be Christians themselves. And I think, you know, with those words, we see St. Paul Miki following in the path of Jesus, who on the cross prayed for those who killed him. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And similarly, St. Stephen, who was known as the proto-martyr, the first martyr, when he was being stoned, prayed that God's mercy would come upon those people who were killing him. So part of the witness that we're all called to give is to be merciful and to not hold grudges or resentments against others. And if there is a break in a relationship, I think we're all called not to harbor any negative feelings and to make sure that we don't have those feelings by praying for uh, the people who may have offended us or hurt us or our enemies. That's so beautiful, Father. Just sharing those words of St. Paul Miki as he is dying, you know, he didn't practice that speech. That speech came from his heart. It came from his love of Jesus. It came from being merciful. And, and I love that, that he wants to pray for the one who, who the emperor, that he would be baptized. What does he want? He wants those who are persecuting him to know the Lord, to be baptized, to come into heaven. And, and that's what forgive us. We want to forgive as the Lord forgives us. This is a prayer we should pray every day. That's right. And, you know, this is so important to Jesus. He came to die for sinners, to reconcile the world to the Father and people to one another. And I, I always like to say this is so important to Jesus that from time to time he sends his own mother with that same message to pray for the conversion of sinners. We see that at Lourdes. We see that at Fatima. We see that in the approved apparition here in Wisconsin, where I live, Our Lady of Good Help, where 
um, again, Our Lady appears and says, pray for the conversion of sinners. So I think one of the ways we practice mercy and follow our Lord's path and the direction our Blessed Mother gives us is to pray for that conversion of sinners. So important. Again, St. Paul Miki and Companions on the calendar, February 6th. And take this time during the month of February, I think, to, to think about maybe relationships that maybe, maybe you need to just have a resolution. We need to have reconciliation. Pray for those that might be um, heavy on your heart and ask for God's mercy to lead you in that um, opportunity for reconciliation. And St. Paul Miki can guide us, I think, and lead us in his example to forgive those who have harmed us and harmed our loved ones. With that, Father James, just would you help us close with a blessing and your prayer? I'm happy to do that, Dina Marie. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your grace that comes to us through Jesus, through the sacraments, the grace that helped the martyrs to be strong in their faith and to give witness in season and out of season, during good times and in bad times. We ask you to help us to be faithful especially help us to be faithful in living the path of mercy that your son and these martyrs show us. And may the blessing of Almighty God, God who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit, descend upon you and remain with you forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father James. And we look forward to talking with you later in the month of February. I look forward to it as well. Thank you, Dina Marie. It is 7.23 here at Mater Day Radio. Another great interview from our friend Dina Marie. Of course, St. Paul Making Companions celebrate their beautiful feast day was yesterday. So thank you for giving us a little bit more insight into who these amazing martyrs were. Well, if you want to listen to that interview again or any of our great locally produced shows, head over to our webpage right on the front page. Well, you're going to have a list of all of our great recent episodes, including that interview that you just heard from Dana Marie. You can also access the full library of podcasts on the Hail Mary media app. You're also going to be able to get great Lenten resources there right at your fingertips so you are ready to pray throughout this Lenten season coming up. Please download it today. It is the free Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore. Located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem, Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone at 503-588-1071. A great way to support Mater Dei Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. 
If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our leadership circle at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun. Two times the fun. On Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is 726 at Mater Day Radio, and we'll have the latest for you on the earthquake in Turkey and Syria. That's coming up. And if you go to confession during this Lenten season, your absolution, exactly the same, but the words of the prayer are going to sound a little different. I'll have that story for you coming up right after this. It is the Vigil Project, always faithful. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Before you split the sea, you were leading me. Oh, cause your love is sure. Before you break the dawn, you chase darkness with the sun. Oh, cause your love is sure. You're always faithful. Always faithful You are the love that will endure All of your promises are sure You're everlasting You're never failing Even before we knew your love You gave your life for all of us You are faithful
And that is The Vigil Project and Always Faithful. It's 7.30 right here at Mater Day Radio. And in your news this morning, one of the strongest earthquakes to hit the region in more than a century. More than 5,000 people have now been reported killed and tens of thousands injured after a magnitude 7.8 quake struck Turkey and Syria on Monday. Thousands of buildings collapsed in both countries and aid agencies are particularly worried about northwestern Syria when more than 4 million people were already relying on humanitarian assistance. Freezing weather conditions are further endangering survivors and complicating rescue efforts as more than 100 aftershocks have been measured. Aid from around the world is heading toward the two countries as rescue workers locate survivors in the debris of collapsed buildings. Some 70 countries and 14 international organizations have offered to help in search and rescue operations for Turkey, according to the country's presidents. You know, watching the news yesterday, the images now that are coming out, the, it's incredible. Oh. The devastation and just entire buildings just down. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, continue the prayers. Mm -hmm. In fact, Pope Francis and local church leaders on Monday reacted with dismays and calls for prayer following a devastating earthquake. A deeply sad and Pope Francis sent heartfelt condolences to those who mourn their loss. In telegrams addressed to the apostolic nuncios of Turkey and Syria. Now, Syrian Catholic patriarch Mar Ignatius Ephraim called on the local faithful to pray. Now, the patriarch is currently on an official visit to Syrian diocese in Iraq. Now, he is the Syriac Catholic patriarch of Antioch and heads the Syriac Catholic Church. Now, Patriarch Yunan asked the Lord to have mercy on the souls of the victims, to heal the wounded, and stand by those affected and support all those who provide aid and assistance to the injured. Now, among the many victims, the body of Father Imad Daher, a priest of the Greek Melkite Catholic Parish of Our Lady, was found under the rubble after many hours of searching for the priest. And the experience of the sacrament of penance in the Roman Rite will be slightly different this Lent, thanks to approved changes in the English translation set to take effect in a few weeks. Now, starting Ash Wednesday, which takes place this year on February 2nd, the prayer of absolution will include three modifications. Now, the new text was adopted by the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops during its spring 2021 meeting with the Vatican's Dicastery for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments, approving the text in April of 2022. Now, as of April 16th, 2023, the second Sunday of Easter, known as Divine Mercy Sunday, the revised formula for absolution is mandatory. Now, the essential part of the absolution formula has not changed, said Father Andrew Menke, executive director of the USCCB Secretariat for Divine Worship during an October 25th webinar co-sponsored by his office, the Federation of Diocesan Liturgical Commissions. Now, during his presentation, Father Menke admitted that bishops had debated whether the minor changes were worth undertaking. However, he said the consensus favored striving for a more accurate translation from the Latin. Hmm. So it, there are changes like instead of the word sent, uh, it's been changed to poured over. 
Okay. Uh, d- just kind of uh, just right. very yeah, slight yeah. modifications like that. It's a little bit longer in in the mm-hmm. uh, sometimes one word was changed for just a, a, a couple of word phrasing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they said the absolution All is right. exactly the same. You know what that means for you, though? <gasps> What's that? Ten more Hail Marys. Okay. Yeah. Just to let you know. All right. I'll do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, AMC Theaters, the nation's largest movie theater chain, on Monday unveiled a new level of pricing in which in which seat locations determines how much your ticket's going to cost. What? Yeah, how about that? Seats in the middle of the auditorium will cost a dollar or two more, while seats in the front row will be slightly cheaper. AMC said the pricing plan, dubbed Sightline, has already been rolled out in some locations, and by the end of the year will be in place at all domestic AMC theaters during showings after 4 p.m. So there you go. Kind okay. of the late afternoon, evening showings. Seats classified as standard sightline will be at the regular price. So if you want to pay less for the fa- uh, value sightline seats, you'll have to be a member of the chain's subscription service. Okay. <laughs> they got you there. Is that your whole story? No. Okay. So as the movie theaters have attempted to recover from the pandemic... Exhibitors have increasingly looked at more variable pricing methods. That includes charging more for popular screenings. I'm just going on record right now to say, AMC, this is not the way to (laughs) entice people back to the theaters. Look, it's tough going for movie theaters right now. The pandemic did kind of change the way we want to view movies, home theater systems, streaming, all of that is affecting it. So... I don't think charging more for central seating options is quite the way to do it. I don't have a problem with them charging less. You know, those are the those front row seats where right. you've got to look up. Yeah, I would appreciate those to be at a lower price than everybody else. Okay. But yeah, this is uh, not this is not going to go over well. I don't think. Let me ask you how you feel about this. <laughs> <laughs> I can yeah. see it's uh, okay. All right, well, I'm, I'm, there you I'm, go. Okay, I, I, I'll probably still pay, but it sure. might make me hesitate. Like, well, okay, do I want to sit on the edge or do I want right. to sit in the middle? Okay. Okay. There you go. Well, the Grand Ron Tribe is opening a new opioid treatment facility in southeast Portland. The 6,000-square-feet facility will primarily serve the indigenous community, but health officials say they will not turn anyone away. It's built and ran by the Grand Rom Tribe and uses holistic methods to treat addiction. Executive Director of Health Services for the Tribe and member Kelly Rowe said the specific neighborhood where the facility is is a lot of crime linked to drug abuse. The project has been in the works for four years. Now, 17 staff members have been hired, including counselors, doctors, administrative safety and security. Those who are Native can use Indian Health Services to pay for their service, Roe added. Now, the facility is non-residential, meaning people don't stay the night. Now, a recent report said Oregon needs 28 residential detox facilities to fill the need. The treatment center is called Great Circle Recovery and will officially open next week. 
And in sports, the Portland Trailblazers opened their five-game homestand last night with a loss to the Milwaukee Bucks, the final 127-106. Blazers fell behind 15-6 after the opening tip, and it was pretty much catch-up the rest of the way against one of the toughest teams in the NBA. The Bucks have won eight straight now. So after climbing back to 500 with a win Friday night at Washington, the Blazers fell back to two games under 500. Golden State comes to town tomorrow night. On an up note, Portland guard Damian Lillard has been named the NBA's Western Conference Player of the Week for the second consecutive week. This is the third time Lillard has received the honor and the 16th time in his career. In four games last week, Lillard averaged nearly 40 points. Remember, he was he was lighting <laughs> he it up. Lo- yeah. yeah, he was on a streak for sure. Yeah, so uh, hopefully he can keep it going. Well, praying the rosary can sometimes be difficult for us as we become distracted by our many responsibilities. Not only that, the rosary can even seem boring sometimes to people if we don't uh, focus on it and think about things we think we should be doing instead. Well, Alatea.org says one way to enrich our time of praying the rosary is to pray it with a saint in heaven. This could be a canonized saint or someone we firmly believe is in heaven. As the Catechism of the Catholic Church explains, saints remain powerful intercessors. It says, being more closely united to Christ, those who dwell in heaven fix the whole church more firmly in holiness. They do not cease to intercede with the Father for us as they proffer the merits which they acquired on earth through the one mediator between God and men. So the saints will gladly join us in praying the rosary from their place in heaven. Even though we won't be able to see them and likely won't feel their presence, we may be surprised at the invisible grace that we receive from this practice. So next time you pray the rosary, considering inviting a saint to join along yeah. with you. As you were reading that, I was just thinking about that too, where you could just uh, have your guardian angel sit down with you. Sit right there. And, right there with They're you. They're always beside yeah. you. Now think about that. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to put the rosary uh, to play with Archbishop Sample on my phone when I leave work. Yeah. I got to think about uh, sitting next to me, my guardian angel, and then behind me, guiding me, uh, some saint that's telling me to slow down and focus on your rosary. I like that. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This Friday at 5.30 p.m. is the annual Valentine Dinner Dance in Eugene at the St. Mary Parish Center. 5.30 is social time, 6.30 is the dinner, and then 7.30 is a dance. It's a pro-life fundraiser hosted by the Knights of Columbus. You can find more details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. I've been to the St. Mary's Center there. It's very nice. Is it really? Yeah, it's very nice. It should be a nice evening then. Absolutely. Father Tim Furlow, the pastor at St. Patrick's Catholic Church in Northwest Portland, he's going to join us next. Talk about a really unique story about Stations of the Cross. It's coming up. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665.
This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 7.43 at Mater Day Radio. Well, the rain is supposed to roll in a little bit later today, 100% chance and breezy, high of 48 degrees, 80% chance of rain tonight, decreasing to 40% with a low of 35, going to be a little chilly. Then Wednesday, hey, maybe a little partly sunny skies out there with a high of 50. Currently, it is 43 degrees at St. Michael's Catholic Church up in Sandy. And 41 degrees at St. Mary's Church in Eugene. Well, it is the oldest continually running church in Portland. And since its cornerstone was laid back in 1889, St. Patrick's Church has been a sanctuary of faith, hope, family life for generations. St. Patrick's Catholic Church is on the National Register of Historic Places and was built by Croatian and Irish immigrants. Well, over the years, different upgrades and repairs have been made, along with some design license to modernize the church. Well, St. Patrick's pastor, Father Tim Furlow, along with the parish, is raising money for a $3 million renovation to restore the church to its original beauty. But with only old photos of some of the original art, it may have proven to be an impossible endeavor. They needed a little help from God. Well, Father Furlow is joining me this morning to share how one phone call led to the discovery of original art that will soon hang again in St. Patrick's. Good morning, Father Furlow. Thanks for joining us today on the Morning Blend. Morning, Brenda. Always a pleasure to be with you. Well, Father Furlow, you grew up just a few blocks from St. Patrick's. It seems only fitting now that you're the pastor there. How long have you been at St. Patrick's now? I did. It's kind of wild. I'm only from four blocks uh, from here. Uh, Four and a half years. About okay. four and a half years, been uh, the administrator and the pastor. Wow, what an amazing parish. And for those of us who's ever, we'll say, made pilgrimage uh, to St. Patrick's, such a beautiful parish. What have you kind of been able to do in those years as pastor that really feels like it's become a focal point for families and young adults and just a really invigorated church life? Yeah, I mean, when I came in, I actually had the blessing of having a, a good base layer of young people that met here in college and they got married and they had kids and they decided to stay and so i have been by the grace of god trying to water that garden for the past four and a half years and uh, it's wonderful we're full probably the median age right now is like 15 or 16 years old and we got this year we'll have 60 kids under the age of seven i believe wow What a blessing. I love the idea of kind of a church filled with the noise of children because, boy, that is beauty to God's ears for sure. And I'm sure to the pastor as well, Father Tim Furlow, joining us today. We're going to begin to talk about some renovations, some big plans you all have for St. Patrick's. So tell us a little bit about the renovation. When you came, I presume that you walked into your parish and you went, we've got a little work here to do. What began this whole process? Yeah, I walked in and the first thing I noticed was, hey, how beautiful the church is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's gorgeous. It's it's built in a style that is much more classical than most Catholic churches in Western Oregon or just around in America. 
but a lot of the murals were very, very dark. You know, there was just a hundred years of candle soot and other things on them. So some people were calling for a cleaning of those murals. Then I found out that uh, the majority of the murals in the church were actually painted over and that the church used to look much, much different. And that when it was completed, it was the most elaborate church west of Chicago. Wow. That's like a huge chunk of land to make a statement like that. And so I started poking into it, looking at historical photos um, and seeing what it used to look like. And it was just stunning, just absolutely gorgeous. And so I proposed like, well, why don't we just restore it to what it looked like when our great, great grandfathers and great, great grandmothers were here worshiping and building the place and tons of people were on board. Father Furlow, you said some of the artwork was just painted over. Will you have to then recreate those images, or is there a process that's going to allow you to peel away the paint to reveal the old murals? For whatever reason, um, they have been destroyed, Mm. uh, most of them, and so the artwork will need to be redone. And uh, thankfully, that can be done by a pretty interesting process in uh, an architectural firm's workshop and then brought to the church and put on the wall as if it were painted directly onto the wall. Well, that's incredible. And thank goodness to have those archives of photos that will help you along with very incredible technical artists to be able to repair that artwork. Now, some of those things, though, well, can't just be as easily recreated. And it seems like a miracle finding is allowing the church to get original styled stations of the cross. This story is incredible. Tell us about when you met Kate Chester. Well, she was actually the the solution to uh, a problem, like a, like a question I had had, because the uh, stations that are in the church right now are clearly not the original ones. And even in the best picture we have of the church from the 20s, they're not the original ones. And so uh, I met Kate through a cold call. She called the church and said, hey, I have two of the original Stations of the Cross from St. Patrick's. And so she brought them down and we looked at them and she told us the amazing story of them being rescued from the dumpster here at St. Patrick's in the 70s and somebody having to crawl in there and get them on out and and other people lovingly protecting them, keeping them for many decades and finally them ending up back here in their true home. And so I took the whole thing as God saying, uh, keep going. Mm. You know, we were, we originally planned this restoration uh, at a time of uh, much more economic fruitfulness. And since there's been a downturn that's affected all of us, it's been a little bit trickier than we uh, initially planned. It's been downright difficult, actually. And so when she manifested with those, I took that as a direct nod from the Holy Spirit, like, no, this is something I want. Uh, Keep going. Father Tim Furlow is the pastor at the beautiful St. Patrick's Church right here in the heart of Portland. He's joining me today as we talk about 
Well, their new renovations and how a find pulled from a dumpster will allow the church to replace these stations of the cross. So some of the paintings will be redone. And of course, now you have a template for the stations of the cross. What are some of the other upgrades that's going to go into this overall project? The principal upgrade will be um, restoring all of the murals that have been destroyed, but then also the dome. The dome was painted in a very elaborate way to look a bit like the Pantheon. Uh, And there are certain saints that are uh, supposed to encircle the dome. Also, there are many, many hundreds of hours of embellishments painted onto the wall. It was just very elaborate, very, very beautiful. And uh, the big thing that's close to my heart is restoring the two side altars. The two side altars are actually part of a three-piece set. And so thankfully, we still have the beautiful high altar in the middle. Mm -hmm. There are actually two very elaborate, um, very lovely side altars that are supposed to go on either side of those that hold the statues of Mary and Joseph. And so it's our hope that we could also bring those back into the church and create the symmetry that was originally intended. And then, Father Furlough, any ideas or why it was decided that once they went through so much work to bring all of this artwork and beauty into the church, that it was decided to change it, to paint over it? Was there uh, reasons behind that? Yeah. um, The 70s was a tumultuous time, (laughs) you know, like in the world and and in the church as well. And I think uh, what crept into the Catholic Church was kind of a tacit iconoclasm. There was a real backlash against the physical manifestation of beauty, and things were greatly simplified to emphasize perhaps the community more after a real switch of ecclesiology. Um, And so that was the visual manifestation of that theological change. And the USCCB at the time even issued a document in the 70s on how to whitewash your church, uh, including with before and after examples. So it was definitely in the zeitgeist. Hmm. It was definitely in the mind frame of of people at the time. And now uh, those of us who are art lovers, especially sacred art lovers, are um, seeking to restore those things. Oh, Well, perfect. You would be right in line with the wonderful Pope St. John Paul II, who endeavored in his own restoration projects of beautiful art that had been altered uh, at the Vatican. You're in good company, Father Furlow, and we appreciate your time today. So for those who are listening, maybe want to learn more about this restoration, maybe they have the ability to help you in some way. Where can they go to find out more about the campaign? Uh, If they just go to stpatrickpdx.org, you can watch the campaign video right there and donate online. They're always free to call us up here at St. Patrick's in Portland, and I'm happy to talk to them as well about any details they want. Maybe the best thing to do is just pop in for 10 a.m. Mass on Sunday and kind of see the place and see the community and see if the Lord tugs at your heart to support it. Well, for any of us who have been to St. Patrick's, I'll say it is a beautiful experience, a beautiful Mass, and such a rich community that's so welcoming, and so that in no small part is because of your leadership uh, there at St. Patrick's. And we'll pray, Father Furlow, we'll have you back uh, very, very soon when all of the restorations are done, and we can see a before and after of the sanctuary. Before we go, will you offer us a prayer and your blessing? 
Absolutely. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you are beauty itself. We ask that we would be able to express you in absolutely everything we do, even in our daily lives. When people encounter us, we pray that they would encounter you and that that encounter would be a communication of your very self, of your healing into minds and hearts and souls. Please bless us all now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And again, that is Father Tim Furlow at St. Patrick's Church here in Portland. I will also add a link to the podcast of this interview so you can get right to their webpage and also see that video of the Restoration Project. You're going to find that link on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And it is 7.55 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. St. Patrick's Church, such a beautiful oh, church. Oh, absolutely is. Yeah, I said this before, it's one of the first churches that I ever went to when I came to Portland. Was it really? And yeah, and it was just like, oh, this is, what, what a beautiful church. So again, if you can support them, that would be awesome. We'll have more information again on our website at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Broadcasting the fullness of truth, this is Mater Day Radio, KBV in Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator, K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including True North Retirement Advisors, a clear path to financial freedom. With decades of experience, True North Retirement Advisors helps business owners exit their business and retire with financial security. Information on how to get started with the business exit strategy plan and scheduling a no-cost consultation is available online at truenorthretirementadvisors.com. Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Day Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. The Morning Blend. It's a cup of joy with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. 757 at Mater Day Radio. Well, what's a Super Bowl ad going for? We'll tell you in the news. And a sad tragedy on pilgrimage. We ask Our Lady of Guadalupe for her prayers. I'll tell you more details coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. God is present in the chaos. I'm reminded of this daily as I look at my life and my own version of chaos. I forget to set my alarm one morning, making me late to my meetings. I get an unexpected visitor when my house is a total wreck. I have the wrong date down for a buddy's wedding. But do you know what is the constant factor with my situations? God is still present. Alfredo was born in 1902 to a humble Italian grocer family. His father was a devout man and it was his mother 
who saw that he and his siblings received a religious education. Early on in his childhood, Alfredo found the writings of St. Therese of Lisieux, establishing his special devotion to her and the Sacred Heart. It was also then that he began feeling a pull in his heart for the consecrated life. Shortly after, Alfredo was forced to abandon his studies because of a serious illness. It wasn't looking hopeful for him to make it to ordination now, but by the grace of God, he miraculously beat the odds and accredited his healing to his intercessions to St. Therese. With him no longer being confined by his illness, Alfredo immediately set off for Milan to begin his studies at the Pontifical Institution for Foreign Missions. His heart was set on bringing the gospel to the world. In 1924, he was ordained and remained in his hometown to minister until he was officially of canonical age to conduct foreign mission work. Father Alfredo's mother feared for him and didn't wish for him to travel abroad. He assured her that God was in total control, but he knew in his heart that he would never return home. His family tried to tell him that he could still return for visits, but Father Alfredo knew that God wasn't calling him back. He was only sending him out. Father Alfredo arrived at his first and only assignment in 1925 to a small mountain village of Korean people in Myanmar. He loved the village and was highly respected by the people. He remained there until Mussolini aligned himself with the Axis powers during World War II, making all Italian missionaries targeted enemies and assumed alliances with the enemy. Father Alfredo went into hiding and remained until he was captured for a short time by the Japanese. He was miraculously released shortly after, and he was never able to figure out why, except that God had other plans. Finally returning to the village, he quickly learned of the Korean people resorting to guerrilla tactics to overthrow the new government. Although the small mountain village and Father Alfredo weren't in agreement with the rebels, they were still treated as the enemy. Father Alfredo was shot in 1953, along with many of the villagers in the chaos of rebellion. A few survivors sent a lock of his beard and tattered clothing to the authorities with the inscription, relics of the martyr Father Alfredo Cremonesi to be sent to his family. Through the hardships the world wars brought, as well as the periods of isolation and exile, God was still present in Father Alfredo's life. He never walked the journey alone, but only grew closer to the Lord with each passing day and awaiting his own time to join his fellow brothers and sisters in Christ in paradise. My chaos might not look like his, but it's still valid and is crucial to remember that no matter what, God is always present in the chaos. Blessed Alfredo Cremonesi, pray for us. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Matre Day Radio, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at MatreDayRadio.com. It's 8 o'clock. And in your news this hour, three pilgrims died and another 20, including at least two minors, were injured Sunday in a traffic accident on the Mexico Pueblo Highway as they were traveling to the Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico City. The pilgrims began their journey in the Mexican state of Puebla when the brakes of their bus they were traveling in reportedly failed. The vehicle overturned. According to the local press, the pilgrims were about an hour and a half from their destination in a trip. Takes more than four hours. Archbishop Victor Manuel Sanchez Espinosa of Puebla prayed for the deceased and injured among the intentions of the Mass celebrated on Sunday. He said, We joined therefore in prayer to God our Lord, praying for them and for their families. Boy, a scary moment at Austin's Bergstrom International Airport in Texas. A FedEx cargo plane trying to land at the airport had to change course Saturday to avoid a potential collision 
with the Southwest Airlines jet that was taking off from the same runway, according to officials there. The National Transportation Safety Board said it is investigating a possible runway incursion and overflight involving the two aircraft. So the near collision happened after air traffic controllers cleared the FedEx plane to land on Austin's runway 18 left, according to the Federal Aviation Administration. The FAA said shortly before the FedEx aircraft was due to land, the controller cleared the Southwest flight to depart from the same runway. The FedEx flight discontinued the landing and initiated a climb-out and the Southwest flight departed safely. That was close. Wow. They said within 100 feet, maybe? Yeah. yeah. That, uh, th- th- that's nerve-wracking, So I, w- sure. I was telling you that one time we were landing at PDX. Yes. And we had almost touched down. Literally, the wheels were almost on the ground when all of a sudden the pilot put the coals to it, and we went straight up. Wow. And it was like we were all looking at one another, obviously knowing that wasn't right, what's supposed to happen. But uh, ultimately what had happened was, and they told us this after the landing, it wasn't close, thankfully. Oh, good. But there was another plane on a nearby runway, and I think they were uh, just saw that, the plane there, and were thinking, you know how they have the cross? Uh-huh. You know, yeah, coming like, across to the yeah. gate. So it was just like, well, we're going to... Wow. Oh, gosh. Well, well, thank goodness that our pilots are so well trained, eyes wide open, and they were able to recover that there in Austin. So anyway. Well, it was a roller coaster of rent hikes in Vancouver last year. And this year looks to be the same. In December, Apartment List released its annual report on rental rates and cost of living trends in Vancouver. The report highlighted constantly changing rates, an alarming statistic that the city continues to outpace national growth compared to other metro areas, including Portland. The report said an average one-bedroom in Vancouver rents for $13.52 a month, while renters have to pay an average of $15.59 for a two-bedroom apartment. Now, in 2022, apartment list pinned Washington as the 10th state with the highest rent. Now, to compare a monthly rent in Portland metro area, apartments range on average for $12.52 for a one-bedroom. That's about $100 less. And $14.62 for a two-bedroom, according to the same listing. Now, Portland's rental rate growth over the past year has fallen behind the state average with a 4.1% increase and similar to the national average of 3.3%. Now, rates for apartments, they begin to climb from around March until September, period that sees more people moving. The increased demand for rental properties means that landlords can charge more for their rental units. So it seems like now would be the time to make that move if you were planning yeah, on it. Definitely. Well, Brenda, if you were hoping to buy ad time for this Sunday Super Bowl. Oh, I was. <laughs> yes, I'm sure you were. Well, you're out of luck. Fox reported yesterday that the in-game ads for the big game between Kansas City and Philadelphia have sold out. Mark Evans, executive vice president for ad sales for Fox Sports, said a few ads went for more than $7 million for a 30-second spot. No. How about that? Wow. That's like that first commercial spot after kickoff yeah, or, yeah. or after the first you know, turnover or something. Well, it's he said most sold between... Six and seven million dollars, so it didn't, uh. get, it didn't get a lot cheaper. That's the cost for getting in front of more that's expected 100 million viewers. 
Not surprising, beer companies are at the top of the list. (laughs) No doubt. Anheuser-Busch remains the biggest advertiser with three minutes of national airtime. So uh, seven million times you you can fit. $21 million for three commercials. How about that? It's a lot of Budweiser. Also expect to see packaged food like Doritos and M&M's, movie studios, streaming services, and automakers. So big last year, but none this year at all. Any idea? Uh, Let's see. It was big last year. Uh, Like four companies last year. Oh. Not so much this year. Would it, I don't know, would, like alcohol? Nope. It was billed as, because of so many of the ads, the cryptocurrency bowl. Oh, all the Bitcoin yeah. and and Dogecoin and all those. Yeah. And FTX, which, by the way, filed for bankruptcy. <laughs> okay. So no cryptocurrency ads this year. How much do you think that they would charge a uh, Catholic radio show from Portland, Oregon? Yeah. Do you think we could get a discount? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> then it's sold out. It can't. It's too late. Wow. You know, with online streaming, though, so many of them are already been released and it's long format, so you could just go online yeah. and type in, you know, commercials. It's always fun. They'll find. I can't wait. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. Well, the COVID-19 shutdown of national parks offered Washington State University researchers a chance to study what happens with the actions of wildlife when humans go away versus when they're present. Turns out that even without hunting rifles, humans appear to have a strong influence that sends wildlife heading the other way. Even low impact hikers seem to be perceived as a threat. That's what WSU team found out when they studied Montana's Glacier National Park during the year-long COVID-19 shutdown when the animals friendly came out in front of the cameras compared to when the crowds were present. Professor Daniel Thornton, a WSU wildlife ecologist and senior author on the study, said they either stopped coming by the cameras entirely or they would come by less frequently. Sometimes they would shift when they would come by to nighttime to avoid any contact with people. Thornton feels the results may be most useful now to wilderness area managers to help them look at how to help humans and wildlife coexist with minimal impacts. I like when they set up the cameras up in the mountains right? and, and the, you get the, uh, like the mountain lion wanders by. Come and, by, yeah, looks it, at it, the looks camera around. and goes by. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's really neat. In sports, what is becoming almost automatic, it seems, University of Portland women's basketball forward Alex Fowler has been named the West Coast Conference Player of the Week for the third straight week. Nice. I'm, I, I'm doing this story every week. Every week. I, Just every hold week. on to it. I, I think so. Just change the number. So Fowler led the pilots to two road wins over the weekend. She also became just the second pilot ever and the fifth WCC player ever to reach at least 2,000 points for their career. That is great. So at 12-1 and in conference play, Portland has a huge game on Saturday at Gonzaga. Uh-huh. The two teams are now tied for first place in the West Coast <gasps> oh, Conference. Oh, this is going to mean a lot. When yeah. is it? Uh, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. And it's on, it's on TV, I believe, as well. So uh, that's going to be a big game. Fantastic. Yeah. No gas? Well, no problem for one Stockton, California inventor who created a solar-powered tricycle 
It's really catching on. Okay. Milton Butler's invention uses two batteries and a small electric motor gathered up in a really regular, normal-looking plastic storage bin to power three bicycle wheels, allowing his money to save a lot of money on gasoline. He says he built the contraption based on something he saw in his dreams. Now to the things he just had lying around in his garage. He said, I'm an inventor. It's all I know how to do. I invent something that people can use everywhere, said Butler. Now, of his idea, he said, came to me in my sleep. So in December, Butler was hoping to drive the ducky, as it's called, downtown to City Hall, hopefully show off his newly patented device. Now, the name Ducky comes from his late wife, whose nickname was Ducky. Butler said she was everything perfect. She did it on the first try, in his eyes at least, he said. And on his trike, he said, well, it came out perfect on my first try. Well, currently, Mr. Butler is in the funding and development phase looking for investors who are committed to creating a better world. Uh, it's a tricycle, two yeah. in the back, one in the front. Okay. On the back, he is, literally has a, a storage bin. In fact, I think I have an identical one in my attic right now. Right. The batteries are in it. There's a solar power... Uh, panel on the lid. Huh. I don't. I don't know if there was a photo of it, but how big is it? It uh, looks like it can carry one person, like right. a, a smaller person, and right. it's got room in the back. You can put some on. So if you're just kind of putting around, uh, putting around the uh, city, you can take bike lane, go right <laughs> on down, get yourself a snack. There you go. Come home. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And coming up this Saturday and Sunday is the Arise Women's Conference at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. Holy Redeemer Parish invites all women to come for a weekend of reflection and friendship. Speakers will include Noel Garcia, Sue Baldwin, and Diane Boggs. And there will be a scheduled time for Mass and tracks for younger people. Remember, you can find these details on our website, on the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. Have a wonderful homily highlight coming up with Father Matt Libra at St. Rose Lima Church in Portland. That's up next. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Mater Day Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services to the Catholic community, regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com. It may be hard to believe, but Ash Wednesday and the start of Lent are just days away. Get ready for this special season in the church with help from Mater Day Radio. Unite with us in prayer during our three daily broadcast of the Holy Mass, the sacred mysteries of the Holy Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and Catholic reflections that will enrich your life. 
Mater Dei Radio is also eager to pray for your personal requests through our prayer hotline. You can send an intention to our prayer team now by clicking the pray button on the Hail Mary Media app and materdayradio.com or call directly to the prayer hotline at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Lent will be here before you know it. Make sure you're ready to pray with the Hail Mary Media app and Matraday Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Eight fourteen a Matraday Radio, hundred percent chance of rain and wind today. High of fifty degrees. Showers tonight, low of thirty six, and then a twenty percent chance of rain on Wednesday with partly sunny skies in the afternoon. A high of forty nine. It's currently. 45 degrees at St. Vincent's Church in Salem. Need a recap of Sunday's readings? It's time for Homily Highlights on Mater Day Radio. And today's Homily Highlight comes to you from Father Matt Libra, pastor at St. Rose of Lima Catholic Church here in Portland. The grace we ask for tonight is simplicity. Jesus says to us, you are the salt of the earth. He's emphasizing the importance and value of our ordinariness. And he seems to want us to be actively ordinary. This this follows right after the Beatitudes, which we heard last week, that that way of living not with walls up, not, not... living a defensive life or or trying to live protecting ourselves, but with hearts that are truly open to the other. So we're, we're invited to ask, do we withhold our ordinariness from others? Do we have the courage to live with simplicity? There's a couple of stories that I want to tell you uh, to, to bring out this point. One is from my grandma and grandpa. There was a parishioner at our church who was coming back. He was a young man coming back right from whatever city he lived in on the bus to celebrate Thanksgiving with his family. The bus fell over and he died. My grandma and grandpa took our Thanksgiving meal and brought it to their house and left it on the porch and then came back and remade Thanksgiving for all of us. I never know that that ever happened, except for at their funeral. Mrs. Jensen came up to me, and she's like, I'll never forget what your grandparents did for me that day my son died. They weren't particularly great or amazing people, but they did something ordinary. Grandma was a good cook. I can give food. My aunt recently told me about my great-grandfather who uh, lived in Nebraska, and he was a successful businessman owning a supply store. Um, Because I had always, I had never really thought of it, but there's reasons why people move states, (laughs) especially back in that, 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 I'm like, why are we not in Nebraska? That's a good point. If my great-grandpa's from Nebraska, why aren't we living in Nebraska? Um, Well, it's because he sold everything and came out west in the depression and she inherited his account book from his store you see it was the great depression and he wouldn't collect people's debts so he impoverished himself and with what little he had left 
He just, rather than foreclosing on all these farmers trying to support their family, he said, okay, what can I do now? We're now at, my, now we're now at the critical point for my family. The best way I can survive is, is going, trying something new where there's a different opportunity. And that's how my family got to Oregon a long time ago. It's, it's simplicity. It's not amazing. It's just being salt of the earth. You guys all know Jackie Glenn. She's not sitting right there where she always sits. But those of you that don't go to daily mass may not know that she prays every day for our parish. She prays for vocations. And she remembers everybody's birthday. And so when it's your birthday, Nurse Jackie prays for you. She also smiles at you and she takes your pictures. Elaine Garrow, um, God rest her soul, came and told me, she's like, you know, Father, um, I've been telling all my friends, the children are our future. What are we hanging on to our money for? We need to be given to the school. I don't know why they won't just come and give their money to the school. But she believed something, and she did something. She's at a state in life where she sees a, a, a vision of what the world is, and she shares that. Doesn't force anybody, but she doesn't be quiet about it either, if you knew Elaine. You know, there's people that launder our altar linens every week. You never see it, but it's clean because not of me. There's a couple of folks who come in and sweep and vacuum the church just because. You know, it's a church. It's God's house. It should be clean. It should, it should look nice when people come in. There are parishioners among us who secretly visit the homebound or take food to the hungry. And we don't see them. We don't know everything they're doing. They just do it. Because people are, are hungry for Jesus, are isolated, or people are hungry for food. And so they, they just do it. It's, it's simplicity. There's people in our parish who won't leave Mass without saying hi to the people beside them. It's a good way to not be a stranger in your own family. And there's some people that will take an extra step out of their way to make sure if they saw somebody new, they go say, hi, what's your name? Again, not the most amazing thing, but it's, it's being salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. In your ordinariness, in these simple things that everybody can do or anybody can do, but everybody doesn't do, you are the salt of the earth, Jesus tells us. But if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? There's, there's a, a line from the devil that I think we, 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 we all kind of inwardly agree with in certain moments, and it, it goes something like this, that it doesn't really matter. What you're doing right now, it's, it's so small. No one will notice if you do it. No one will notice if you didn't. It doesn't really matter what you do. But if we believe that, we will get stale. We'll hide our light under a bushel basket. I think of the world that Jesus entered. He entered a world that had a broken relationship with God. There were a lot of people who weren't praying. The Romans, of course, were oppressing the Jewish people in Palestine. 
There were lots of people not keeping the Sabbath, which is clearly one of the commandments, keep holy the Sabbath. There were tax collectors seeking happiness in money. There were prostitutes seeking happiness in pleasure. There was probably a lot of people who were bitter with that victim complex that we can sometimes get. Like, if it just wasn't for the Romans taking all my money, I could finally get ahead and I could do something. If it wasn't for this person doing this thing, and I, I could, I, I'm a good person, I could, you know, and we get in all this stuff that happens to us, and it does happen to us, but I bet there was a lot of people with this just bitterness and bitterness towards God for what, what he allowed, what he did. I, I've done everything right my whole life, and this still happened to me. There were Pharisees and Sadducees, leaders of the people. They were fighting. We were told to do what they say because they sit on the seat of Moses, but not what they do because they don't lift a finger to help those in need. That's the world Jesus entered, and brothers and sisters, what if... What if Jesus chooses to hide his light? What if he chooses to not go forward with being the salt of the earth? What would we miss besides everything? But he didn't. He came and he lived with us in the most ordinary of, the, of ways possible, like literally lived with us. He revealed the face of God to us in ordinary actions. His heart was moved with pity for people, and so he spoke the word of God to them. His heart was moved for compassion, and so he healed. He called people to conversion, repent, and believe in the gospel. It was just simply ordinary, ordinary signs that were significant. You are the salt of the earth. I'm convicted by Jesus. I'm convicted that I want to live my life with Jesus and not exclude him from any part of my life. I don't know where you're at right now, but as I heard this gospel this time, I'm convicted of that. I don't always do that perfectly, but I'm convicted that I want to do that. And I'm convinced that when Jesus founded the church and called me to be his priest in it, that he did that on purpose. And even when it seems like everything I do in a day, a week, a month, or in my entire priesthood seems insignificant, I think that he wants the, that ordinariness still, that he can do something with that ordinariness, even if many people in the world or even many Catholics don't. And so I want to ask you tonight, in your heart, would you join me in being the salt of the earth? I told you two stories about my family and part of me is like, I want to live up to what my family did. <laughs> they did good things. Would I do good things? And I haven't been in those exact situations, but I can still be the salt of the earth. Will you join me in this? To live up to the good example of our parish family. To live our ordinary life with Christ at every moment. 
And that is Father Matt Libra, his homily highlight. He's the pastor at St. Rose of Lima Catholic Church here in Portland. And talking and leaning into what Father had said and joining together, why don't you tap into the incredible power of prayer with Mater Day Radio and let us pray with you for your special intention at the top of our webpage at materdayradio.com. You will see the link. The Power of Prayer. There you can find more resources on how to join your prayers to ours here at Mater Day Radio. And together we lift them up. It is a prayer hotline, materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including University of Portland, dedicated to excellence and innovation in the classroom. Ranked as one of the top colleges in the West by U.S. News and World Report, the University of Portland is home to robust undergraduate and graduate programs in its Colleges of Arts and Sciences and its Schools of Business, Education, Engineering, and Nursing. Learn more at up.edu. Hi, I'm Father Cedric Bizania. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. Lattes and cappuccinos may be tasty, but it's the morning blend with David and Brenda that will get your day started right on Modern Day Radio. And it is 827 at Day Radio. Well, some interesting new ticket pricing at the movie theaters. We'll have that for you in the news. And here is Steve Agrizano. May your kingdom come. We are the Morning Blend right here at Day Radio.
Steve Angrizano. May your kingdom come. It's 8.30 right here at Mater Day Radio. And in your news, in one of the strongest earthquakes to hit the region in more than a century, more than 5,000 people have now been reported killed and tens of thousands injured after a magnitude 7.8 quake struck Turkey and Syria on Monday. Thousands of buildings collapsed in both countries, and aid agencies are particularly worried about northwestern Syria, where more than 4 million people were already relying on humanitarian assistance. Freezing weather conditions are further endangering survivors and complicating rescue efforts as more than 100 aftershocks have been measured. Aid from around the world is heading toward the two countries as rescue workers locate survivors in the debris of collapsed buildings. Some 70 countries and 14 international organizations have offered to help in search and rescue operations for Turkey, according to the country's president. And Pope Francis and local leaders on Monday reacted with dismay and calls for prayers following that devastating earthquake. Pope Francis sent his heartfelt condolences to those who mourn their loss and is deeply saddened in telegrams addressed to the apostolic nuncios of Turkey and Syria. Now, Syrian Catholic Patriarch Yunin called on the local pre- faithful to pray. The Patriarch is currently on an official visit to Syrian diocese in Iraq. He is the Syriac Catholic Patriarch of Antioch and heads the Syriac Catholic Church. Patriarch Union asked the Lord to have mercy on the souls of the victims, heal the wounded, stand by those affected, and support all those who provide aid and assistance to the injured and affected. Now, among the many victims, the body of Father Imad Dar, a priest of the Greek Melkite Catholic Parish of Our Lady, found under rubble after many hours of searching for the priest. And the experience of the sacrament of penance in the Roman Rite will be slightly different this Lent, thanks to approved changes in the English translation set to take effect in a few weeks. Starting Ash Wednesday, which takes place this year on February 22nd, the prayer of absolution will include three modifications. The new text was adopted by the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops during its spring 2021 meeting with the Vatican's Dicastery for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments approving the text in April of last year. As of April 16, 2023, it is the second Sunday of Easter, also known as Divine Mercy Sunday. The revised formula for absolution is mandatory. Now, the essential part of the absolution formula has not changed, said Father Andrew Menke, executive director of the USCCB Secretariat for Divine Worship. Now, during the presentation, Father Menke admitted the bishops had debated whether the minor changes were worth undertaking. However, he said the consensus favored striving for a more accurate translation from the hmm. Latin. Interesting. So you probably won't notice the change at all in yeah. the confessional. Well, AMC Theaters, the nation's largest movie theater chain, on Monday unveiled a new level of pricing in which seat locations determine how much your movie ticket will cost. So seats in the middle of the auditorium will cost a dollar or two more, while seats in the front row will be slightly cheaper. 
AMC said the pricing plan dubbed Sightline has already been rolled out in some locations and by the end of the year will be in place at all domestic AMC theaters during showings after 4 p.m. Now, seats classified as standard Sightline will be at the regular price. If you want to pay less for the value Sightline seats, you have to be a member of the chain's subscription service. As movie theaters have attempted to recover from the pandemic, exhibitors have increasingly looked at more variable pricing methods that included charging more for popular screenings. So there you go. Okay. You know I have a thought on this. I know you do. My silence says everything this time around. Go back to the 7.30 news and you'll hear Brenda's full <laughs> full feelings on the subject matter. <laughs> I think the goal is to bring us back, not to drive us away. Well, the Grand Ronde Tribe is opening a new opioid treatment facility in southeast Portland. The 6,000-square-foot facility will primarily serve the indigenous community, but health officials say they will not turn anyone away in need. It's built and ran by the Grand Ronde Tribe and uses holistic methods to treat addiction. Executive Director of Health Services for the Tribe and member Kelly Rowe said the specific neighborhood where the facility is a lot of crime linked to drug abuse. The project has been in the works for four years. Now, 17 staff members have been hired, including counselors, doctors, administrative workers, and safety and security workers. Now, those who are Native can use Indian Health Services to pay for the need. Now, the facility is not residential, meaning people, they don't stay the night. Now, a recent report said Oregon needs 28 residential detox facility to fill current need. The treatment center is called Great Circle Recovery, and its official opening is next week. And in sports, the Portland Trailblazers opened their five-game homestand last night with a loss to the Milwaukee Bucks, the final 127-106. Blazers fell behind 15-6 after the opening tip, and it was pretty much catch-up the rest of the way against one of the toughest teams in the NBA. Bucks have won eight straight now. After climbing back to 500 with the win Friday at Washington, the Blazers fell back to two games under 500. Golden State comes to town tomorrow night. Now on an up note, Portland guard Damian Lillard has been named the NBA Western Conference Player of the Week for the second consecutive week. This is the third time Lillard has received the honor this year and 16th time in his career. In four games last week, Lillard averaged close to 40 points a game and 50% shooting. He scored 28 last night to lead the team. Oh, we love him. He can light it up. Well, praying the rosary can often be difficult for us, especially if you become distracted well, by different thoughts or responsibilities you feel that you need to get to. Well, Alatea.org says one way to enrich our time of praying the rosary is to pray it with a saint in heaven. This could be a canonized saint or someone we firmly believe is in heaven. The Catechism of the Catholic Church explains, well, saints remain powerful intercessors. The intercession of the saints, it says, being more closely united to Christ, those who dwell in heaven fix the whole church more firmly in holiness. They do not cease to intercede with the Father for us. So by their fraternal concern is our weakness greatly helped. Now the saints will gladly join us in praying the rosary from their place in heaven. Even though we won't be able to see them, likely won't feel their presence, we may be surprised at the invisible grace that we receive from this practice. 
So next time you pray your rosary, consider inviting your saint to pray it with you. You know, I just had a thought about that. Okay. So if you don't have one, get yourself a Catholic calendar. And okay. if you're a daily rosary prayer, yes. you could look at your Catholic calendar, see who the saint of the day is, and that you can invite that saint then on their feast day to pray with to you. To pray with you. It is, can you imagine all of the saints and, and, and the ones that we don't think about or know much about? Yes. But boy, to have them as the companion to pray with you, boy, think about how powerful that prayer is, that rosary. So today, let me take a quick gander. Okay. St. Richard of Lucca. Oh. There you go. One of the greats. Yeah. I don't know anything about him, but I'm sure he would love to pray the rosary with you. That's that's your saint today. Okay, I like it. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this Saturday at 8.30 is the Now at the Hour of Our Death Funeral Workshop. It's happening at All Saints Catholic Church in Portland. Now, all are welcome to this workshop, which will renew the liturgies of the Order of Christian Funerals, music, pastoral care of the sick and homebound, grief ministry, and preparing for death medical treatment, and end-of-life and ethical issues. Now, this is presented by the Portland chapter of the National Association Pastoral Musicians. Now, if you want to find out more details on these and other events, just head over to the community calendar. You're going to find it under the Get Involved menu at materdayradio.com. Of course, the Hail Mary media app. So, you know, next week at this time, next Tuesday... You know who the saint would be praying with you? The rosary? <laughs> In a week? Who? Yeah. St. Valentine. St. Valentine. Is that next Tuesday? That's next Tuesday. Oh. How about I, that? I, I don't know why in my mind I thought it was a little bit... I mean, I know, of course, it's the 14th, but I just presumed it was farther down the calendar. That's right. Next week. All right. So I'll remember that for sure. Well, it's Tuesday. That means it is Tech Tuesday. That means Sarah Kenzie going to join us, and she'll do so right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Christopher Minutes, thoughts on making every day count. I'm Tony Rossi. Dr. Christoph Brölsch passed away in his native Germany at age 75. Throughout his career, he was a pioneering transplant surgeon and one of the first to perform a successful living donor liver transplant. In the 1980s, Dr. Brölsch traveled to University of Chicago Hospital, where he and other doctors theorized a way to take a section of a liver from a living donor and transplant it into a patient whose liver was failing. The first surgery was performed on a mother and daughter, where the child, only 21 months old, had advanced liver disease. Both the mother and daughter recovered fully. The surgery was repeated at that hospital and many others, saving a great many lives through the years. This message was brought to you by the Christophers. Thanks for listening, and remember that it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. Are you a young adult in your 20s or 30s? Are you looking to bring Christ into your everyday work? 
Hi, I'm Jesse Jose, the president of the Portland chapter of Young Catholic Professionals. Our mission is to challenge, train, and inspire young adults to work in witness for Christ. No matter your career field or level of experience, we invite you to join us at an upcoming event to build community, learn from seasoned professionals, and grow in your Catholic faith. For more information, visit ycpportland.org. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our leadership circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. And it is 8.44 at Mater Day Radio. Well, rainy and windy is the forecast for today, so be prepared for that high of 50 degrees. We'll have showers overnight tonight, 80% chance, a low of 36. And then for Wednesday, 20% chance of rain and maybe even a little sunshine in the afternoon with a high of 49. Yeah, it looks like rain is already falling in Vancouver. It's 49 degrees at Our Lady of Lourdes Catholic Church. And it is 46 degrees at St. Wenceslaus in Scapoos. Well, David, as we start this first full week of February. Lots going on. Joining us today, it is Sarah Kenzie. It is Tech Tuesday. Sarah joined us on Tuesday to let us know what will be hitting your inbox this afternoon, telling us a little bit more about each article. Good morning, Sarah. Thanks for joining us today. How's that? <laughs> Good morning. Happy to be here. <laughs> I should turn on her microphone if we want to hear that her helps. say anything. That definitely helps. <laughs> All right. So I have a question for you. You yes. know, David puts uh, the month of February in the top 12 of his favorite months, meaning that there are about <laughs> 11 more months that are, you know, on that list. For you, where does February fall in your, like, appreciation of what it provides us to celebrate in the year? Now, you're saying this is David's least favorite month. Is that is that correct? It's just, I, I don't think he has a least favorite, but it's not <laughs> I, in the top five. I like to put a more positive spin on mm. it and say it's not one of my more favorite months. I see. Yes. I like this month. It's my birthday this month. Oh, well, hey, I'm sorry about that. Uh, yes. I, I feel personally offended, David. <laughs> <I'm>, yes. <laughs> hey, I love February. I, I love too. February. <laughs> yes. Uh, I love February because now when I go to the grocery store, it is a constant temptation going around the different aisles because there is heart candy everywhere oh, yeah. in the yeah. stores right now. Flowers, teddy bears, lots of chocolate. Yeah, I like I like February also because we're getting to the uh, further part of winter. Like the days are slow, very slowly but getting just a little bit longer. It's not, you know, pitch black at four o'clock in the afternoon. So it's 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 starting to get almost to spring. So I, I almost, like February. Yeah. You know when the days are even longer? July. <laughs> I'll take July. I'll take July weather oh, over February. No matter how you turn the page of the calendar, there's always something to look forward to. Of course, today, if you turned your little desk calendar to Tuesday, you know that it's time for Taika Tuesday. And we've got a great email coming into your inbox today. And Sarah's joining us to talk about it. Well, one of the other things to look forward to in the month of February is a Lent. And I 
I really do look forward to this prayer for time. It begins on February 22nd. It is the Feast of Ash Wednesday. And Mater Day Radio, we started kind of gearing up for this Lenten season a little while ago. So that way, boy, the app is ready to go. Interviews are set up and some great resources, including one from Father John Burns. That's right. So uh, this interview um, that Brenda did with Father John Burns um, is about his uh, guided Lent journal for prayer and meditation. It's called Return. Um, And if you're familiar with the Behold series that Sister Miriam did um, in Advent, it's a very similar format. Um, Same illustrator did the beautiful artwork, Josiah Henley. Um, And so you had this great conversation with Father John about his book. And, um, you know, you have a couple weeks, you can still purchase that book if you want to get started with that um, in Lent. But even if you're not planning to purchase it, I still really would recommend this interview. I came away from it actually kind of excited to tackle the hard things in Lent. You know, you guys talk, have a great conversation about how Lent is not supposed to be easy. It's really supposed to be a time where we address the areas where we need deeper conversion. Um, but how, you know, how can we make that a lasting conversion? Um, and so I really just encourage you to go listen to that. Um, like you mentioned, we will have that on the app, um, not the book, but the audio video a series that goes along with that, as right. well as the beautiful artwork. So that will all be available on the app uh, once Lent starts. I know we'll talk about this more, too, as we get closer to the start of Lent, Ash Wednesday, Feb 22nd. Right. But I know you will have some wonderful Lenten resources on on the app, on the website, which is, they're, they're so helpful because, you know, you can, you can go to the Hail Mary Media app, and I know there'll be prayers and all sorts of stuff. That's right. So we'll have uh, the prayers that we've done in the past. You can sign up for reminders. Uh, we'll get that up very soon, as well as you know, collection of all the interviews that we've done in the past and then the future ones that we might be adding soon um, about Lent. That's awesome. Well, one of the other ways that I encourage people to prepare for Sunday Mass, it's read the gospel. I mean, is Scott will sit down days before Sunday Mass and read the gospel, read the readings, and then the, you know the day before, read them again, and then the mm-hmm. morning of, you know, read them again. It's just the perfect way to prepare, so that way when you hear it in mass, you're ready. A great way to uh, to do that is to read along while listening to Sunday commentary. New highlight. Well, Kevin and Carla for so many years have been putting that together. Tell, remind our listeners about what's so great about Sunday commentary. That's right. So we'll be including the latest episode of Sunday commentary, uh, which will be for this coming Sunday's readings. And yeah, like you said, it's such a great resource to just take a few minutes. I mean, it's not super long. You know, it's a, it's a quick episode, uh, 15, 20 minutes usually, just to go over the readings for Sunday. I find even when I've listened once, <laughs> and then, you know, if you've spent even more time, like you said, Scott does, or or you've spent more time, you know, focused time in prayer with the readings, how much of a difference it makes when you come mm-hmm. to Mass um, and you're already prepared. And Kevin and Carla do such a great job breaking it down. Um, they're always just so full of joy and laughter. And every time they're in the studio, you can you can hear you can hear that. Um, and you can hear that in the show. It comes across very well. And it's just a, it's just a really simple way. Just, you know, hit play on that episode. You know, even if it's several days, like if you do it today, you know, you're just kind of preparing yourself ahead of time for that Sunday mass and to really be more open to receiving the word of God. And those podcasts are available on all the podcast That's platforms. Right. Yes. It's through, it's on our webpage. It's on the Hail Mary media app, but 
You can also access it on Spotify. Yep. Apple. Yep. Apple. All, all those different All ones. the big ones. All <laughs> right. Sarah Kenzie joining us today. We're having a little discussion on this Tech Tuesday. Well, there was an event that I just talked about. And while it sounds unusual, maybe even a little morbid to talk about planning for a funeral, it's it's important. And mm-hmm. I've talked to different people who have said, you know what, when dad passed away, what was incredible is he had it all planned out. Yeah. He had the readings planned, the music planned, everything handled at the funeral home. So for those that are grieving, it just was such a wonderful way to do that. So there is a way to plan for that. And that's one of the events that we highlighted. Tell our listeners a little more. Yes. Yeah, so um, coming up this Saturday at All Saints in Portland, it's uh, called the Now and at the Hour of Our Death Funeral Workshop. And so um, they're going to be covering things from the funeral liturgy, the music, um, the pastoral care of the sick and the homebound, ethical questions around end of life. You know, so if you're dealing with, you know, a loved one and you're trying to figure out, you know, what what should I do in certain situations that are going to cover that? Uh, grief ministry and medical treatment, uh, cemetery, burial, all of that. And so it's a wonderful collaboration between Gethsemane Funeral Homes, Mount Calvary, um, and also some musicians and liturgy ministries um, and all saints. And so like you said, it it does sound morbid, but I agree with you, Brenda. When in in my life, in my family, and also as as a musician, I've mm-hmm. also noticed this as well. You know, it, nothing really can prepare you for the death of a loved one, of course. Um, but I have noticed when, you know, they have taken time ahead of time to work through some of these details, especially around the funeral and the liturgy, and you know, especially when they've made decisions about I want this song, and you know, I want I want this liturgy this way, and all of that. You know, it, it does bring a lot of peace to the family. It's one less thing they have to worry about, you know, as they're grieving. And you also know that you know the person that you loved has has spent time making these thoughtful decisions mm-hmm. ahead of time. So um, yes, it. it it might sound morbid, but but it's really not. I mean, we're journeying toward our eternal home, and this is this is an important step on our way there that that we do need to think about and plan for. And so, this is a great resource coming up this Saturday. Well, you can find all of the details well by opening up your email today. Check out everything that Mater Day Radio's got in this week's highlight reel. And Sarah, thank you again for another great Tech Tuesday. You're welcome. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Mater Day Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home, located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services to the Catholic community, regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd, 
I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. Catch the voice of the shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 855 at Mater Day Radio. Well, last forecast, 100% chance of rain breezy today, high of 50 degrees. Showers overnight, low of 36. And then for Wednesday, 20% chance of showers. And then maybe a little sunshine tomorrow. Apparently, we already hit our high for today. It's 50 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show, here's Josh Blakesley. Be lifted high. You are listening to The Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio. Your voice is over the water. Your voice is over the sea. Your voice is mighty in power and wisdom and love and charity. The heavens thunder your glory. The heavens testify. The heavens shine in the darkness for all of the nations of
That is Josh Blakesley and Be Lifted High. It's 8.59 in Mater Day Radio. Thank you for joining the Morning Blend today. David and Brenda with you on this National Periodic Table Day. So okay. two hours have passed. Do you recall what? how many elements are on the periodic table? 118. 118. That Professor. is correct. You are... The first one is helium and the last one is a synthetic one. No, the first one's hydrogen. Oh, I said You said helium. helium. It's, okay. It's See? hydrogen. Look at that. See how fast it goes? The last one is Oganesson. Okay. Yeah. I'll not remember that one again. <laughs> that is going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend. We hope you have a very blessed day.